A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, World Game Changers, and welcome to this podcast episode where today I'm joined by a young gentleman from Belgium, Yash Bartia. Yash, a very, very warm welcome to you again, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And what we thought we'd um, talk about, and I say talk about listeners, is, um, yeah, well, we'll see where it takes us. I think Yash wants to ask me one or two questions from what I can gather. That's why I hesitated a bit there. That raises a point, doesn't it, for all of us? You know, we always think we have to have a focal point for a conversation. And oftentimes we don't really, because we can just be in the flow. You know, how many times have you sparked up a conversation with a stranger, you know, standing in a bus queue, in the bank queue, or supermarket or whatever? You know, there was no agenda around that. There was no specific direction. And there can often be a lot of power in those kind of conversations. So really, I suppose with that intro, uh, Yash, I'm in your hands and yeah, fire away. Ask me what you want to ask me. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So my first question to you is what life advice would you give the younger generation? Ah, what a fantastic, no pressure on the first question then, uh, yeah, <laughs> no pressure, uh, what a great question that is, there's many, many aspects um, that you, you know, many angles you could come in from, uh, many aspects that you could relate to, I think the overriding one um, is a question of loyalty and encapsulated within these simple words, to thine own self, be true. Be true to yourself. Interesting. Interesting advice. Thank you. Because uh, if I could just elaborate on that, yes, there's so mm -hmm. much um, peer pressure, um, expectation from family, from friends, from everything we do in life. And, you know, we might have a set of values that, you know, as our guides uh, in life. And often we can find ourselves compromising our own values um, just to, sometimes for no other reason, just to please other people. And that's really when we're starting to give control away of our own life. Now, you know, there's various degrees of that, obviously, in a paid uh, role, uh, a career, a job, you know, you're paid to deliver results. So one would say that, you know, your boss um, would guide you because he or she knows more about the, you know, the strategy for the company and is asking you to do a specific task or to achieve specific goals. But oftentimes we can, we can find ourselves compromising what we truly believe in, who we truly think we are, um, just to you know, just to get that favour um, or, or just to get that result. So that's a big piece of advice, very simple piece of advice. But I put a caveat yeah. knowing that it's not always that straightforward and simple to achieve. 
Thank you. That's great advice. Okay, um, moving on to the next question. Um, if you could choose between health, wealth, and wisdom, and you could only choose one, which one would you think is the most important? Health. Health. Why, yeah. why do you say that with, yeah, um, in... in yeah i mean yeah again yash great question because health is the foundation you know there's a there's a slogan uh, i don't know if it's attributed to the real the real wealth is health because to use that well-known cliche without your health you've got nothing you've got absolutely right. nothing you could have all the money in the world but if you're dying of a life clipping illness for example what good is it and I use that right. as a, a real kind of extreme example. But once you've got your health, you know, and that comes, I mean, that's a big, big question because health comes in so many aspects, you know, what the modern day terminology of mental health, uh, obviously your physical health, your emotional yeah. health and your spiritual health. And um, for me, there's a kind of priority in which they, or, you know, um, yeah, a priority is actually the right word in which they I focus on those areas of my own life and uh, look after your health and you will find that that will look after your life and all its other aspects. And wisdom, because you put that one, I've never heard it framed that way, uh, Yash, but that was, that was a good one. Uh, wisdom, that's something that comes with experience anyway. And... Yeah. The healthier you are, either mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually, you will gain that wisdom naturally. So that's, yeah, uh, that's as a result of experiences. And you enjoy the experiences more when you're coming from a place of health. Um, and I hope that, uh, do, does that kind of all make sense? Yeah, that does make sense, definitely. I think I actually completely agree with you. I think health is definitely more most important because if you can't, if you're not healthy, well, what's the use of money or or anything else? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so, uh, as we both know, um, in the last year, we have had a pandemic, COVID nineteen, and it has affected us all. For me personally, it has affected, you know, my social life, my school and everything. You know, it's all been a little different and a little more stressful, I guess. But how has it affected you personally? Mm, how has it affected me? I mean, obviously, from an external point of view, Yash, um, mm -hmm. you know, because people are restricted, um, you know, not being able to get out and about socially, that kind of thing. So... There's been that kind of knock-on effect to me. I always look at the, the world through the, the glasses and the lens of not what's happening out there. How do I react to it? You know, yeah. the only power a situation has is the, the power that we choose to give it. And so by mm -hmm. raising your consciousness of what's going out there, you know, you can't control that. Um, but you can control the way you react to it. And for me, having this horrible thing enforced upon the world, and I call it a thing, this, this COVID, this, well, this thing, 
being forced upon us where it's decimated communities, societies, you know, a staggering death toll, created misery, uh, restriction, all kinds of challenges, particularly with mental health because of people being confined. Mm. Um, you know, this horrific thing that I refer to. Um, yeah, at the same time for me, personally, and I think it is a personal choice, how we choose to, you know, accept it or deal with it is actually a better word, is, is very much that personal choice. For me, personally, I have dealt with it a, as a certain way that it's given me the opportunity, because I can't go out and socialise and mix, etc., to go inward more deeply and have a look at mm. who I am. So how can I... How can I show up better in the world when this, and I'll use the term again, this thing has made its exit? Because it will make its exit in time. It will. Um, it's just the devastation and the darkness and the despair that it's created in, in between and the destruction. Yeah. Um, so how can I, you know, how can I use this time for me to be a better person, for me to make a greater impact in the world? What is it that I can do, me? Not what that's forcing upon me, that thing, but me. So I can take responsibility. And I keep saying it, Yash, for me. And I don't mm -hmm. mean that in a selfish, arrogant way. You know, I mean that, as I say, in the context of how can I shine brighter in the world? And that's what how I've used the last sort of 12 14 months or so, 15 months to, you know, to manage the thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Interesting, interesting. I, I completely agree with you. Actually, COVID is definitely, you know, it's a horrible thing, but it, it helps us, you know, reflect and understand ourselves better and more. Mm -hmm. If we so wish to, I mean, you know, not everybody might have that level of awareness that it is an opportunity, uh, Yash, to do that. And, you know, listen, we've all got different sort of uh, things going off in our life that, you know, well, it's all right for you, Paul. You can dedicate, you know, certain hours of the day to to do that reflection or or do that. But, you know, me, I've got 10, 10 kids to feed and, you know, my partner's left me and, you know, I've lost my job and, you know, so my challenges are very, very, very significant on top mm -hmm. of what's happening externally. And, and, you know, it's about being respectful and sensitive to just because we view the world as an individual through a certain lens or a certain, have a certain model of the world, Yash, that's not to say that the person next to us does or doesn't either. And it's about respecting that individuality and being sensitive to you know, what's happening in others' worlds, even when it doesn't necessarily coincide with your own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. Um, the next question I have for you is, what is the best advice you have ever been given? So advice that someone has given you, that has stuck with you all, all, all these years. Mm. These are great questions. And you know what I also find, Yash, with answers, and I have this with guests when I, you know, invariably at the end, I'll say, you know, I ask that kind of question at the end of most podcast episodes. 
And mm -hmm. what I've found as a generalization, listeners, is the answers that people give are very short, very simple, and usually contain very, very few words. You know, yes. there's no long-winded explanation. There's no philosoph uh, philosophical debate around X, Y, or Z. There's a very short bang. There you go. Mm -hmm. And so although yeah. I've kind of, you know, set the scene by being a little bit long-winded in my uh, response, I'm going to be very direct, Yash, and three words that were given to me, um, which I would say with hindsight is the best piece of advice. And those mm -hmm. three words are let it go. Let it go. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can elaborate on that if you, if you want me to, mm -hmm. but uh, just in simple terms to answer your question, let it go. For sure. We have to definitely let more things go in our life. Mm. Because if we don't, you see, the situation in life is the situation is the situation. It's an experience. But as humans, we tend to cling to it. We'll attach emotion to it. It will become a big thing. You know, I, I often, listeners, you've heard me use this example so many times before. No apologies for repeating. Because it's a very simple, practical um, share on, on the reality of a football match. So, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a, I don't know, say a thousand people, hundred thousand people, it doesn't matter what they're, and one team plays in red and one team plays in blue. doesn't matter who the teams are. And one of the teams wins 1-0. Now, half the crowd are going to be elated because their team's won. Half the crowd are going to be dejected because their team's lost. Yeah. But the result is the result is the result. It's 1-0 to a team. The only power yeah. that result has is the power that both sets, for different reasons, of supporters give it. One's going to be mm -hmm. elated. I choose to give it happiness because my team has won versus I choose to be dejected because my team has lost. And that's the power of letting it go because when we suffer that disappointment and we have to be very careful of expectation, you know, we set ourselves up as humans to expect this result or expect that result. You know, let's use the football match again, Yash. I'm going to see my team play. I know they will win. I hope they'll win. You know, whatever it is, damn, they've lost. Now I feel angry. I feel upset. Well, why? Why? Because we, we expect. And so really to let go of that expectation. Don't have any expectation. Set a strong intention to enjoy the day, whatever the outcome. Yet again, you know, this may be oversimplifying it, but life is a very, very, very simple game. We, mm -hmm. as human beings, brackets players, boy, do we make it complicated at times. And I speak mm -hmm. from years of painful experience there about myself. Yeah. So let it go is the answer. Yes, I, I agree with that. Um, you were talking about how life is actually a very simple, you know, simple game. And one of my questions that I was going to ask is, if you could describe life in one word, what word would that be? So what word would you use to describe life? Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm. That's it. Um, and yeah, again, 
I mean, you know, the <laughs> the simplicity of that, Yash, is I didn't have to think about that. Now, what does beautiful mean? Beautiful is such a subjective term. You know, you could get 100 people in a room and ask them, okay, define what beautiful means to you. And I'm sure that you would probably get 100 different answers out of 100 yeah. people. Um, so it is very subjective. But interestingly, I was talking with a friend uh, earlier on, about a couple of hours before this podcast uh, conversation between us, around something from, I think it was in the 1930s and the 1940s, uh, by a guy called Max Ehrman, called Desiderata, Desiderata, beautiful poem. And part of one of the lines in there, um, I mean, it's very philosophical. It's against the background of amazing soulful music. And he kind of talks us through this three-minute story. And one of the lines in there, and I'm kind of paraphrasing because I can't remember it verbatim, was, despite all its drudgery and dreariness and trickery, the world is still a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. It is. It really is. Yeah, I think the world... I mean, life, it can have its up and downs, but in the end, it's always a nice place. It, it is, Yash, and it's about that when, you know, great terminology you've used there, ups and downs, when it is to try as much as possible to observe those ups and downs and not become too much of a part of those ups and downs, you know, to kind of almost witness, witness the clouds will come and be replaced by the sun. And the sun will subside and be replaced by the clouds. That's life. That's evolution. Day in, day out. But, you know, that expectation. No, I want the sun to shine every day. It has to shine every day for me. That ain't going to happen. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. Life's not like that. You know, the yin, the yang, the contrast, the polarization, the duality, call it what you will. You know, there's all these different words that we can throw around, uh, arguments for, arguments again, you know. And to quote Tom Peters, the great American quality uh, advocate, perception is all there is. It's how we choose to see it. I agree. Indeed, indeed, for sure. Okay, um, as you know, you, you have lived in a time where there was no social media, and now there obviously is social media and a lot more technology. Um, do you think life was better with or without social media for you? <laughs> right, okay. Um it was different <laughs> because there again, that is such a subjective response. There is no comparison to be had, Yash, because um, it's a bit like saying, you know, one of the oh, oh, no, debates I used to get in, you know, when I was uh, younger was who was the better footballer? You know, was it, um, was it Sir Stanley Matthews mm. or was it George Best? You know, who was Mm -hmm. the best heavyweight boxer of the world? Was it Muhammad Ali or was it Mike Tyson? Mm -hmm. It's a ridiculous 
well, it's not ridiculous, but it's it's a futile argument uh, or discussion to get into because they came from different generations. They re they were the best of what presented at that moment in time. So predominantly, uh, because I'm a certain age group, you know, as you say, for a biggest part of my life, there wasn't any social media. So we we carried along and we communicated in a way that was the best of what was available, you know, because we don't know what we don't know. We adapt. We're like, as humans, we're like chameleons. We adapt to changing circumstances. And so then the social media came in. You know, is it a stereotype? Yash, to say that, I don't know, you're very well placed to answer this question, better than me, probably. Um, is it a stereotype to suggest that the younger generation are better at social media than, inverted commas, the older generation? Is that too general? Is it too stereotypical? You see, the point I'm trying to make is there is no comparison. It's all subjective. So for me, my answer would be they're different. Right. Yeah. I think back then you didn't know social media could exist. So you never really found it hard to live back then. Like if I had to live without social media, I would find it really hard. But that's also because I've never known something without social media. Mm. You know, and, and when, you know, I've, I had this kind of humorous conversation with young people. Oh, you know, the older people, and oh, you, yeah, this word's been used quite a bit. The older people, they're real dinosaurs when it comes to social media. They won't change. And I always say, mm, that's interesting. You try and work out a maths problem then with a slide rule. What? What's the slide rule? Exactly. You know, it's a resource. It's something that we made available for, you know, best of at the time. And, you know, like I say, there's no right, there's no wrong. Um, I, will, I will say one thing, whether you like social media, you love it or you loathe it, ignore it at your peril because it is a very, very powerful mechanism these days. Um, mm -hmm. My humble opinion, too powerful but that's just a personal opinion. Yeah, mm -hmm, for sure. Okay, well, um, obviously our world, our, yeah, our, our, us as a community face a lot of problems and that's normal, but what is the biggest problem you think the world faces right now and how could we fix it? Fear. Fear. The pandemic of fear. You know, this word, Yash, pandemic, has been mm -hmm. brought into our consciousness very, very prominently over the last 12, 15 months or so. Mm -hmm. The pandemic, the COVID pandemic. Mm. Okay. It's right that, obviously, you know, we uh, raise awareness about it to save lives, to save suffering. Absolutely. But I also bring in, well, what about the pandemic of fear that's been here from day one? It's been around all our lives. Fear, mm -hmm. fear, fear. And we're conditioned to deal with fear. We're conditioned to actually accept it. Well, why would we? 
you don't, you know, we as humans quite rightly are, you know, working towards rejecting this, this thing, this virus, this, this, this global virus, you know, but we don't work towards rejecting fear. We kind of just accept it. And when you look at the devastation and the chaos that it causes in people's life, every moment of every day, you know, year in, year out, decade in, lifetimes in, lifetimes out, generations in, generations out, fear, fear, fear. Mm -hmm. But we don't tackle it head on. Well, how would we tackle it head on? Raising awareness around a simple four-letter word called love. It is a choice. And I know this, Yash, from my own point of view, coming from darkness. You know, all the labels of darkness, depression, you know, and desperate, desperate decades of barely existing with an addiction. And the thing that that changes it is the uh, raising awareness around this thing called love. You know, we talk about self-love. There's a journey, uh, you know, that leads to self-love. But when, you know, not taking it for granted around this, the power of having a loving, supporting network, whether that's family, whether it's friends, it, it doesn't matter what the dynamic is. And then using that currency, that emotional currency to invest in ourselves and forgive ourselves because we're human, but we put so much pressure on ourselves. I should do this. I should do that. I should do the other. Rather than just celebrating the gift of life and being in the moment and, you know, and being grateful for having loving parents uh, or, or family or friends or whatever the situation is. But the stuff that we take for granted, you know, there was a British prime minister, Yash, called John Major. He took over from Margaret Thatcher in the 80s. And he had this saying, he had this slogan, back to basics. And so to go back to your uh, COVID thread around what has this taught, I think one of the things it's given is the opportunity to go back to basics, you know, get in touch with ourselves more, you know, the simple pleasures of life, listening to the birds tweet, you know, and just simple, basic things that we've got so wrapped up in ourselves over the year because we're, you know, we're born survivors and, and we will come first and we will win. And we've got to have this and we should do that. And we lose ourselves in that journey and that fear based journey. We lose track of who we really are. So in going back to basics, and part of that basics is embracing that self-love, that self-forgiveness. You know, these are just words at this stage. I understand that. There's a process that goes with that. And that's going to take more than five minutes to describe. But in answer to your question, fear is the big one, is the big one above any else. And love is even bigger in the answer. Interesting, yes. I agree with you, Ashley. Fear is definitely a big problem, but it's something that's been with us for so long. Um, so how do you best prepare the younger generation for life and the future, really? Phenomenal question. I think one simple way, Ash, is conversations like this opening up the dialogue between 
you know, this and bridging the gap between the inverted commas, younger generation and older generation, because there is a gap. And we spoke about this in our first podcast episode, didn't we? You know, about Mm -hmm. this gap of us and them. Oh, the young ones nowadays, they've got no respect. They've got no manners. And then on the other side, oh, the old ones nowadays, they're like dinosaurs. They treat it. They give us young ones a rough deal. There's no respect. And there's this massive standoff and, you know, this us and them. And it's about bridging that, you know, it's about bridging that gap because you can call it yin and yang. You can call it what you will. But, you know, there's an old song, love and marriage, love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage. Well, let's change the words, Yash, and use the same principle to say that, you know, younger generation and older generation go together like a horse and carriage. You can't have mm-hmm. one without the other. Oh, why would you want one without the other? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all part of this polarized conditioning that we have. You know, you can only have one. You know, the world is either black or white. You know, you take one side of the fence. Well, why? who's to say that there isn't that area in between that gray area that's where the rich myriad of life's experiences are found in the middle not to the far left not to the far right and i'm not talking in a political sense here uh, necessarily but that that harmony that you know of meeting in the middle and that that acceptance of self and of others and um you know for me Yes, yet again, it is as simple as that. But, you know, fear dictates, no, fear will argue against that. And then fear, I mean, the ego loves fear. It's a great playground. Ah, yeah, yeah. No, no, let's create chaos and confusion. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of that prevails in the world, as we know. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, my last question to you is related to your brand. What is the definition of a world game changer to you? Somebody that breathes. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Well, if that person's alive, they're a world game changer. And the only difference is, and I've used the word a couple of times, um, Yash, in this this excellent conversation, you've asked some really, really good questions. But I've used the word a couple, two or three times, awareness. Most of us don't even realize who we are. We think we know who we are because we're conditioned to survive a certain way from a very early age. That forms our identity of who we think we are. We give Mm -hmm. ourselves labels. We create self-fulfilling prophecies. You know, mine was for many years, I'm a hard drinking, you know, I'm a hard drinking Irishman. Well, Mm -hmm. I created this identity around it, but it was just a mask. It's just a mask. It was a fallacy. And to varying degrees, Yash, as humans, that's what we do. It's called survival. We do it. We do it to masquerade our fear, Uh, but fear, you know, dictates our lives. So, once you start to become aware that there's more to us as individuals than what we think and go on that voyage of self-discovery, of self-love, 
Go on that journey. I dare you. I dare listeners to go on. When you soon discover is those little bits and pieces, it doesn't have to be earth shattering. It doesn't have to be on a, a global effect, uh, on a global scale. But you soon understand how much you can change people's world. It might only be one person, a smile at a stranger. You don't realize how powerful that is. Just to smile to somebody. Um, it lights them up. This physiology to prove this. But it's not about that. You know, somebody can say a pleasing word to you or, you know, give you praise. That kind of thing. And it makes you feel better. It lifts you up. Now, that's on a very kind of everyday micro level. A look, just a look at somebody in a pleasing, appreciative way. A comment, whatever it is, a random act of kindness, you know, carrying a, a shopping bag for, a, for somebody, whatever it is, that is a world game changer. You know, are they starting schools in Africa? Are they contributing billions and trillions to the global economy? No, they're not. But they are leaving a legacy. And that is the definition. They're leaving a positive legacy. I've got to be careful of the word positive because that's, yet again, so subjective. But they're leaving a good legacy. And those simple, simple, simple things are the ones that matter. And when people say, oh, this, it's not really the simple things, the small things that do matter. Yes, it is. You try walking around with your pebble in the shoe. It's only a small little thing, but it causes you a lot of pain. So this, take out that little small thing and all of a sudden your life is less painful. Does that answer the question? Um, OK, Yash? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a great answer. Thank you. Well, so that was your last question, was it? As, a, yes. you know, as, as, as any of this been useful to you from a personal point of view? Yeah, definitely. When I was thinking of these questions, I was like really thinking, you know, what would I want to know from mm -hmm. someone who has more experience than me? And I've definitely gotten a lot of answers or insights. Mm. And that's an interesting word there, Yash, experience. Because I'll put a caveat on this, um, listeners, what I've said in it, in terms of how I've answered Yash's excellent questions. My answers, it doesn't make, because I've said them and I'm older than Yash, that doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it wrong. It makes it my experience and my learning that works for my model of the world. Will it resonate with you? You decide. See how it fits in with, with your model of the world. So, Yash, I suppose at this point, this is where I invite you in now to share your contact details with us for the show notes uh, and how people can reach out you know, to you, find out more about you, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Well, you can email me. Uh, what should I say in my email? Uh, yeah, you can say your email. It's, it's entirely up to you how you want to be contacted. Uh, yeah, sure. You can email me at yash.belgium at gmail.com. I will reply to you there if you have any questions. Superb. And then um, just to sign off, listeners, as, as we always do, by once again thanking Yash for his excellent, you know, I mean, they, they really were excellent questions. 
um, that made me think, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know some of the answers were very quick, like the beautiful one, for, for example, but that's based on my experience and what Yash uh, flatteringly attributed to as wisdom. And I thank you for that, Yash. And uh, so all that remains now, listeners, is to sign off by saying, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond?